What's up, ladies? I hope you're having an amazing day. It's Coach Alana here. Welcome back to the Happy Bod Podcast. I'm actually going to be doing a solo episode for you guys today, so I hope you're enjoying this one. Um, it's going to be on something that we've all struggled with, something that's a common occurrence, and something that I think we just need a little extra support on, and that's deconstructing cravings. So today we're going to go through cravings, what they are, what it means for our bodies, and then also how to combat them and find some other healthier alternatives uh, to really challenge them and ensure that we are putting our goals at the top of our mind and we're staying consistent. So let's dive in. And before we even get started into cravings themselves, I think it's really important that we be mindful that, you know, our body, it's an amazing machine. It's always trying to communicate with us. It's always trying to send us cues and signals. And it takes time to really solidify that mind-body connection so that we can truly try to decode its messages and see what it's trying to tell us. Only then we can really dive a little bit deeper and give it exactly what it's asking for. So Having that open mind today as we dive a little bit deeper on this topic, and as you learn more, you might find yourself picking up certain cues and certain signals that your body has been trying to tell you, and it might just make you a little bit more aware when it comes to the information that it's trying to share with you. So let's dive in. And to get started here, I want to also share that your body naturally wants to be balanced. So when it comes to the food that we're eating, that food is a major contributing factor to the overall balance of our bodies. Certain foods like vegetables, whole grains, etc., they have mild effects on the body. But other foods such as meat, dairy, sugar, salt, those actually have more extreme effects on our bodies, and they can often throw it off its natural balance. This struggle, it eventually leads to your body basically crying for whatever it needs to regain balance. So the more extreme foods can actually be divided into two categories that I'm going to go further on today. And these two categories are contracting and expanding. So again, those extreme foods like meat, dairy, sugar, salt, those have more categories that dive a little bit deeper into what they're providing our body. So let's first start with contracting. And if you ladies want to stop and take notes, absolutely feel free to do so. That way you're feeling a little bit more comfortable around what we're talking about because this might feel like a lot of information at first, but I promise it's so worth knowing. So with contracting, that's the most common and powerful contraction that happens in our body. And that's actually con a contributing factor to salt. So salt, of course, is something that many of us consume regularly and usually larger quantities. Salt's commonly used as a preservative, especially in artificial junk food. Other extreme contracting foods that may be found in animal foods can be beef, pork, you know, ham, cheese, eggs, chicken, etc. And the main benefit of animal foods is that they're actually very rich in protein, and they also provide us feelings of power, strength, and increased physical and mental stimulation. However, 
with these foods, if we do end up consuming too much of one area on our plate rather than in more balance, we may quickly feel bloated, heavy, sluggish, or even mentally foggy. So to be mindful now moving forward, the more contracting foods we eat, the tighter our bodies become, and that's why we preach higher protein, but also as a result of eating contracting foods, your body will naturally crave expanding foods as a way of maintaining its balance. So remember, the body's always trying to stay in balance. So if we go too far one way or too far the other way, it's really going to try to naturally provide you those cues and signals to regain its balance. So let's dive into expanding foods, what they are and what they mean. So the predominant extreme expanding food is actually, you guessed it, refined white sugar. And that's something that we find in so many processed foods and snacks and all the things that taste really, really yummy. Uh, and sometimes we have those addictions too. Expanding foods provide a feeling of lightness, they elevate our mood, they relieve from blockages, and that's really like a temporary fix. But that white sugar, it also causes rapid elevations in serotonin, which we get that crazy, happy high when we have the candy or when we have the junk food, but it's very often followed by that rapid decline. So I'm sure we've all been there where we've experienced that sugar high but then that stupid rapid decline and drop. And when serotonin levels fall, we typically experience feelings of low energy, anxiety, depression, and loss of concentration. We crave extreme contracting foods to balance out the equation again. And then we find ourselves in that ping pong or yo-yo diet using one type of extreme food to alleviate the other. So as mentioned earlier with our contracting foods, if you are having too much, the body begins to crave expanding foods to regain its balance. But if we go too far on the expanding side, it's once again going to have that yo-yo effect or that ping pong effect to really try and regain its balance. And our bodies can enjoy, of course, a certain quantity of extreme foods without creating too much imbalance. But when we do exceed our personal limit, and it varies with each individual. So remember, we're all individual. Our journeys are all individual. Um, but our body experiences the consequences individually. So if you find yourself eating extreme foods daily, your body may become exhausted and often depleted as it actually will frantically try to rebalance ourselves. And to get out of this cycle, it's very, very important to deconstruct and break down what exactly you're craving to seek out less extreme, but more healthier alternatives to satisfy you. So with the topic of today as deconstructing cravings, first, we want to identify the causes of cravings, and then we'll break it down so that we can really deconstruct them and choose healthier alternatives so that on your journey, you feel much more confident and in control of what you're tackling on your day-to-day -day challenges. So first top primary causes of cravings, number one is actually dehydration. So fun fact, the body actually doesn't send the message to you that you're thirsty until you're on the verge of dehydration. 
and dehydration occurs as mild hunger. So the first thing to do when you get a strange craving is to actually drink a full glass of water, challenge your body, dive a little bit deeper, explore a little bit, focus on getting enough water intake daily. This is really, really important. There are so many great ways to make it more appetizing if you don't really love the bland water taste, but you can add natural flat flavors or electrolytes um, like lemon juice or Flo's little flavored electrolyte packs. If you struggle with hydration, you can actually purchase a water bottle that reminds you to drink. So there actually are some that are connected by Bluetooth and they send you reminders to your phone based on how much you've consumed throughout the day and how much left you have to consume based on your goals. So dehydration is a key indicator that our body is starting to crave water However, we'll often try to fill that with food because it does kind of mimic that mild hunger cue. The second is lifestyle. So maybe being dissatisfied with a relationship, having an inconsistent workout routine, which might mean too much or too little, um, being bored, being stressed, uninspired, or even unhappy with your current career or surroundings could lead to emotional eating. Eating can be used as a substitute for entertainment or to even fill the void. I think we've all been there when we just kind of feel lazy or unproductive and we just will kind of naturally choose those snacks or meals or things that often fill that void for us because maybe we're just not really filling our day with our full potential. But when it comes to cravings based on our lifestyle and surroundings, it's very, very important to look within. So we take that pause and reflect, and we really try to find that connecting factor to our cravings. This is where our journal comes in, because it's really important to use your journal and note down your feelings and emotions as soon as you start to notice the craving. Here are a few questions that you can ask yourself when you're feeling these cravings so that you can dive a little bit deeper and use that pause and reflect method. So first you want to ask yourself, what emotion am I feeling? What is this emotion leading me to crave? And how would I feel after giving into the craving? So you wanna ask, what's the emotion? What are you feeling? What are you being led to crave? And how do you feel that you would feel after giving into the craving? Is there a healthier alternative that I can try that may also provide me with the comfort I'm searching for? This is an excellent question because it allows you to brainstorm what you feel your body may thrive on if you provide it a healthier alternative. And this takes time. This takes trial and error, but the intention behind it goes such a long way when you do use that pause and reflect method and you begin to try to get to know your body on a deeper level. The third cause of cravings can be seasonal. And I talk about this quite often. I find it absolutely amazing that the body often craves foods that balance out elements of the season. So I'm sure you've noticed in the spring, maybe you crave more detoxifying foods like salads, leafy greens, citrus foods, fruits, veggies, all the, all the yummy, colorful foods, as well in the summer, 
those, but cooling foods. So like cooler fruits, raw foods, ice cream, um, things that provide us that cooling factor. In the fall, a lot of people crave more grounding foods like squash, onions, nuts, sweet potatoes, those comfort grounding foods. And in winter, it's so often that many crave hot and heat producing foods that provide much more depth in terms of comfort, like meat, oils, other fats, um, higher carbs, things that provide that sense of comfort, especially around the holiday season. And it's really, really interesting when you are in tune with your body, you begin to notice how it craves seasonally and what it feels like when you provide it exactly with what it's asking for. So keep that in mind as well. And I have two more for you ladies. So the fourth is lack of nutrients. Now, if the body is getting an inadequate amount of nutrients, it will very likely produce odd cravings. So for example, an inadequate mineral levels produce salt cravings and an overall inadequate nutrition provides cravings for non-nutritional forms of energy like caffeine. So basically what this means is under eating or not having substantial protein can most definitely be a factor when it comes to experiencing cravings. So if you find yourself craving more consistently throughout the day, I challenge you to reflect on your macros and even look at the volume of your food, your balanced plates. And if you are hitting those protein goals and providing your body with enough protein throughout the day, because that can often be an indicator when it comes to our cravings that we're just a little bit lower on that protein scale. And number five, my area of expertise, my favorite topic, hormones. <laughs> so as women, when we're on our cycle, um, experiencing pregnancy or menopause or having, you know, fluctuating estrogen and testosterone levels, this most definitely can cause unusual cravings. And let's just be real. We've all been there. <laughs> so we start to crave certain foods leading up to, or on our cycle, um, identifying what these are and when they arise is very, very important to note and be aware of. So I love to suggest a diary, not a food diary, a log. So this is a little bit different than tracking your food. It's more of keeping up with the trends and themes of your body and what you're craving, especially around your cycle. So taking note and every month, if you're noting down, you know, five to seven days before your cycle arrives, you're craving sweet or salty or crunchy, um, you know, whatever it is, three, four, five, six months down the road, you can actually look back and now you have six months of data. So without data, there's not much you can identify. But as you track trends and themes along the way and collect the data, it allows you to have much more insight and you can really connect the dots just a little bit better to be more in tune with your body, its cues and signals and exactly what it's asking for and when. So with these primary causes, I know it was a lot to go through, but those are the top five that I wanted to discuss today. And regardless of where you fall or even connect the most with these causes, there's one solution that I've personally practiced with my clients for years, and I find it to be very effective. And this is called the crowding out method. So 
rather than eliminating, item, eliminating items from your typical diet or telling yourself you can't have something or restricting or limiting your cravings, I would love to challenge you to practice adding in more nutritious alternatives. So this is called crowding out. Um, you know, often some healthcare professionals will give their clients a list of foods to avoid or limit altogether, um, which to no surprise has actually turned a lot of people off of nutrition. And one thing we preach here is that you don't have to give up your regular diet or your regular favorite foods to start eating things that may be more nutritious. We want you to enjoy what you're eating. And it's really important to fill your body with healthy, nutrient-dense foods. And it's those natural cravings that come up for us for unhealthy foods that will begin to lessen substantially once we begin to crowd out those unhealthier foods by adding in healthier foods. So here's an example. Filling a large water bottle or pitcher with clean filtered water, that might be, you know, adding natural flavoring like lemons or fresh mints. If you drink it steadily throughout your morning, as the day continues, you'll let you'll likely have less room or desire for those extra snacks or cravings that you'll naturally have. And I know we have a ton of coffee lovers or even soft drink lovers in the squad, but it's quite simple, adding more to crowd out. So by prioritizing the healthier option more consistently through the day, you end up crowding out the other options that you may have viewed as more of a primary choice. When increasing or adding more leafy greens and whole grains, your body will actually have less room and desire for processed, sugary, nutrient-deficient foods. So I'm sure you've started to notice on your journey so far, the more you've provided your body with healthy foods, it begins to crave more of those healthy foods. It begins to ask for more protein, ask for more fruits and veggies. And as Jen mentioned on our most recent Mindset Monday call, carbs are really, really important. So your body will start to be in tune with what it needs and it will ask you for just that. So that's why it's really important to prioritize that balanced plate of protein, carbs, fruits, veggies, fats, all the things while being mindful um, of trying the best that you can to crowd out those desired processed sugary foods, nutrient deficient foods. And the beautiful part about this is once you really start adding those foods into your diet, your body will naturally begin to crave them, like I said. So I think this is a work in progress. I mean, this is not something that happens overnight, but you know, there's one big puzzle piece here that can truly help support you. And it's truly setting yourself up for success. And this is by organizing your life in a way where you have access to these healthful foods at all times, especially when you feel like mindless snacking out of boredom or traveling or stress or work. It takes practice to make it happen, but it's most definitely possible. So today, I really want to provide some additional tips on how you can navigate your cravings. So for now, we've been able to kind of 
deconstruct and identify contracting foods versus expanding foods. We've gone through the top primary causes of cravings and how our body is often telling us exactly what it needs and asking us if we can regain that balance. Um, but one thing that's important to know, it's like, okay, I have this craving, but how do I navigate it? What do I do? What steps do I take? So I'm going to give you a few tips today that hopefully you feel are helpful and you can put these into practice, you know, especially as we get, we begin to wrap up the summer months and go into the fall season. This is when the holidays start to come our way. This is when a lot of yummy treats and sweets and things that we love that are paired with the seasons, paired with the holidays, they begin to arise. So having these tips in your back pocket, I hope will be helpful for you. So number one, know that the cravings themselves, they're not the problem. Many of us, we identify cravings as weakness. When in reality, they're really just important messages from our body meant to help you maintain the balance. So it all comes down to trusting and listening to your body instead of thinking of your cravings as an enemy. And this is very important to make peace with. So when we have these cravings, we can often be hard on ourselves. And I encourage you to give yourself grace, make peace with the cravings and know that it's not an enemy. It's much more than that. It's your body truly trying to communicate with you. So once you begin to solidify that mind-body connection, truly trust and listen to your body, your cravings will just be more information, more signals. And number two, trust your cravings. So trust your body. Whenever your body's craving something, pause, do that pause and reflect. What's really going on here? Ask yourself. Whenever you find yourself impulsively, you know, reaching for something that, you know, may not be supporting your goals, take a moment, slow down a little bit, breathe, reevaluate the situation, consider what your body's really asking for. And I love to suggest starting with flavor and go from there. So sweet, salty, spicy, bitter, identify what it's asking for. And then next, think about texture or consistency. Crunchy, creamy, crispy, dry, saucy, etc. Really identify the craving. It's a lot easier to select healthier and more nutritious items that can help satisfy your craving if you get clear on exactly what your body's craving and what it's asking for. And that's going to have you solidify that mind-body connection even deeper because now you're starting to really get in tune with your body's cues and signals and understand what it's trying to tell you. So let's get into some examples because I don't wanna leave you hanging. I mean, of course we all have our cravings, but what are some healthy alternatives? So let's start with sweet. Chocolate or junk food, something with processed sugar. I love to suggest, you know, rice cakes with peanut butter or dates. Create a protein smoothie with a double chocolate protein powder. You can add bananas, peanut butter. You can add all the yummy things in there that provide that sweetness and make it healthier. Um, frozen grapes taste like candy. Um, but of course, if you want the chocolate, have the chocolate. And you don't want to tell yourself no. However, there are healthier forms of chocolate like dark chocolate, 
definitely the higher percentage, like a bit more above the 70% mark, that's going to provide more antioxidants for you, less processed sugar, like your standard milk chocolate. So the dark chocolate itself, it will help you kick that chocolate craving, but because the higher the percentage, it does become a little bit more bitter. It kind of just does the trick. Next, salty. Sometimes we want pretzels or chips. And those often incorporate like a crunch to them too. So think of olives or pickles, something that's crunchy and super, super salty. Um, or dehydrated root vegetable crackers. Those are often super yummy. Um, cucumbers with sea salt, air popped popcorn, seaweed snacks, nuts and seeds. These all incorporate that salty and crunchy type of flavor. And my personal go-to is actually making my own sweet potato fries or sweet potato chips at home in my air fryer. So I cut them super, super thin. I lay them on a baking sheet and I lightly spray them with olive oil and I pop them in the air fryer until they're crispy enough to my preference. So we all might have a different preference, um, but those are amazing. You sprinkle a little bit of sea salt on them. And the best part about making these alternatives at home is you know exactly what's going in it. So you're not just buying them, you know, in a bag where you don't exactly know how they were made or what goes into them, but it doesn't take that long to make your own little quick snacks at home and you know exactly the ingredients and what you're adding to them. And lastly, spicy. So a lot of us like spicy actually. And I, I believe those quest protein chips are super popular. They have some really yummy flavors like spicy hot chili. Uh, but even when it comes to like meals that you would get out at restaurants, like Mexican or Thai, like you can really create your own at home. So I challenge you use your own spices and try to recreate your favorite go-to meals at home, but in a healthier way. And this is going to allow you to still get those cravings that, you know, you may find at, you know, your local restaurant or takeout or Uber Eats. But if you're making it yourself at home, it again, it allows you to know exactly what's going into it. And you feel much more con in control of your macros and your calories and still find a way to get that spicy kick. And lastly, dark chocolate with chili. Not sure if you've tried it, but there's some great bars out there that actually have like a hint of spice in the dark chocolate. And it's like that one, two bang. Uh, so you get that sweet, you get a little bit of the bitter because it's dark chocolate, higher percentage, but then they have the little spicy pieces throughout and it really just kicks that craving. Those are just a few examples. Of course, you can create a list for yourself of things that you might enjoy. So what I want you to do is actually pause this, take a few minutes, take out a journal or a piece of paper and a pen, and make a list of your most frequent cravings on the left side of your page. So I want you to take some time, take the left side of your page and write all your most frequent cra cravings. Now on the right side, take a few minutes and come up with one to three healthier alternatives for these items that you crave. And what you can do is share this with your coach. So if it hold, helps hold you a little bit more accountable to really bounce these ideas off your coach, feel free to come to office hours, share it with the squad. It allows you to just brainstorm some healthier options 
that will help you kick those cravings in the moment. And again, having these tips and tools and tricks in your back pocket will allow you to feel that much more confident, that much more in control when these cravings come up for you again. So lastly, as we wrap up today, I would love for you to do a craving inventory. And like I mentioned, when it comes to our cycles and tracking data, without data, you don't have so much information. So the more information, the better. So I would love for you ladies to create a craving inventory as your homework. Now, just like nothing happens overnight, give yourself time, put this into practice for one, two, three weeks, or even for the remainder of August, you can create a longer term goal for this. The more data, the better. And I want you to rate each on a scale of one to 10 when your cravings arise. So write this down, the craving rating. So the craving itself out of 10, the time of the craving, the type of craving, and any thoughts that come to mind. So any thoughts around the craving, such as feelings, emotions, environment, work stress, et cetera, anything that comes to mind that you can connect with this craving. Keep a log of this, and I would love for you to reflect and look back on it in about three weeks or so, and this will give you a log, but most importantly, a better understanding of any craving patterns that you may have consistently. And again, what this allows you to do is truly solidify that mind-body connection and dive a little bit deeper to try to understand your body and its cues and signals that much better. So with that homework, like I said, feel free to share this with your coach. I encourage you to come to office hours, share it and bounce some ideas off the other ladies as well. Post them in the Slack channel. If you find that this is something new for you, take your time to settle in. You might really surprise yourself of those cravings that can be kicked to the curb while providing your body with a healthier alternative. Remember, it's not restricting or telling yourself no or eliminating anything off your plate. It's crowding out, which means adding in more nutrient-dense items and options to eventually crowd out the unhealthier cravings. If you have any questions on this, please do not hesitate to reach out. Come to my office hours if you'd like. Send me a message in Slack. I really appreciate you ladies listening today. I hope you found this to be helpful. Um, and as Jen says, always remember the best is yet to come. Have a great one.